This production was originally recorded as a video podcast. To access the full video along with show notes, visit orosplaybook.com. Welcome to the Oros Playbook, a podcast series designed to educate organizations on how to utilize Oros in a way that helps them become more knowledge aware. Knowledge aware is the new approach that transforms the way knowledge is captured, shared, and reused. On today's cast, understanding knowledge packets. So Jeff, before we get into the learning points for today's content, why don't we start off by just talking about knowledge packets in general? What is a knowledge packet? Why they exist? So for the what is a knowledge packet part, um, we define them as structured units of knowledge that are readied for reuse. With the key being readied for reuse. Right. They're readied for reuse, which is a differentiator between documents and other ways of capturing knowledge. But now that we know what a knowledge packet is, tell us a little bit about why they exist in the first place. So that's a good question. The reason why knowledge packets exist is because they are a far more effective and efficient means of capturing knowledge. The traditional or legacy approach is in documents. We go to customers all the time and we say, where's your knowledge? And they either say in people's head, not very good, or in documents, better, but highly flawed. The document repositories are typically not useful and not used for that reason. They contain out-of-date information. The knowledge just isn't ready for reuse. So the knowledge packet is the answer to that problem. And it does a lot of other good things. Uh, with the advent of the model-based enterprise, the readiness for reuse allows us to connect the knowledge directly to engineering processes in a way that a document could never do. Yeah, and just to clarify real quick, I want to touch... When we say that that is highly flawed, we don't necessarily mean that the intent is highly flawed or that the people who have the knowledge in their head are flawed, but the method of capturing the knowledge has a lot of areas for potential failure. It underserves or under uh, returns on the value of that knowledge by leaving it in people's heads right. so or leaving it in a document. That's yeah. really what we're talking about, right? Right. Okay, so now that we kind of know what knowledge packets are, why they exist, Let's go over the learning points real quick before we get into the demo. Right. So as you said, and I certainly like to emphasize, the knowledge packet is all about readying knowledge for reuse because ultimately that's where the value is in reuse. So the learning points are really the dimensions or attributes of a knowledge packet that get us to the readied for reuse. So those are, and there's four of them, the aspect of granularity, which really touches on what level of knowledge capture should be unitized. Documents can be long or short, and there's a really is an optimal size uh, to be managed properly. Modular is the second one, and modular refers to our ability to connect units of knowledge to each other in a way that produces value. We can connect them and create different things from them, a uh, specification sheet, um, an assessment of some kind for a design review or ha even having their, their parameters interact with each other and, and share values. Thirdly, actionable. Documents can be so inert. I mean, we have some projects recently where the first 10 pages of a specification is all background information that is complete bloat. No one does anything with those. So the idea is that the granular modular unit must also convey some actionability the end user can do something about it, right? It needs to be, otherwise it's just waste. And the last one is vital, and that might be the, 
the trickiest one to get your mind around, but it's actually straightforward. If it's in the system and it's being used, it needs to be healthy, vital. It needs to be accurate, up to date, uh, reflect reality, and, and that's an important dimension of readying for reuse. So again, the uh, four learning points are granular, modular, actionable, vital, and these are the critical dimensions for readying for reuse. Okay, so why don't we pull some knowledge packets up so that we can see what they look like. So we're on our Smart Tiles page. I'm going to mouse over the Knowledge Packet Smart Tile so that I can find knowledge packets. We're going to navigate to the Simple Community. I'm going to make some selections. So I want to see Knowledge Tiles that are associated with Business Unit 2. We're going to search, and it's going to return the collection of Knowledge Packets that apply to the categories that I just selected. So let's open up Simple six. So what we're looking at here is a basic knowledge packet. We have two different kinds of knowledge packets. We have basic knowledge packets and method knowledge packets. We'll get into what a method is here in a bit. But if we're looking at a basic knowledge packet, the first thing we're going to see is the ID. So there's a unique identifier. We also have the title. The title is going to be the main text for the knowledge packet itself. If we continue across the top, our type of knowledge packet. So we can have multiple different types of knowledge packets um, and these will indicate to the user what kind of information they're looking at. Just below the type icon is something that we call vitality. So it's a health characteristic. We won't get into a lot of details about what vitality is, but it's basically the confidence of quality. It's a, it's a topic for a future cast because there's plenty to talk about in the, in the context of vitality and what it does for the overall knowledge management process. It does a lot of heavy lifting. And vitality is directly connected to one of our learning points. This, this idea of vital vitality helps the knowledge packet to become vital. Right. So if we continue down the knowledge packet, we have an area to capture text in order to support the title of the knowledge packet. We also have places where we can put multimedia files. So images, audio files, video files, all that kind of stuff. Um, below that section is the model of the knowledge. So we have two different ways of modeling knowledge. We have other casts that will go into these ways of knowledge mo modeling knowledge in detail, but the value table is one of those types of models. And the method is the other. The method is the other. So we continue to go down. We have general information about the knowledge packet, author, context, so on and so forth. And at the bottom are attributes. So these are going to be the things that can help us make the knowledge modular and get it to the right place at the right time. So at a high level, that's what a basic knowledge packet looks like, the components of it. But we talked also about having another kind of knowledge packet, which is the method. So why don't we take a look at one of, what one of those looks like. So I'm going to go back to my smart tile. I want to find a different knowledge packet now. I'll make my filter selections. And now I'm going to open up Simple 37. So on our details tab, these method knowledge packets, they're very similar to basic knowledge packets. On our details tab, we have all the same information. So we have the text, we have the ability for multimedia models, all that kind of stuff is very similar. The difference between the basic and the knowledge and the method knowledge packet is going to be this method tab. It's just the modeling technique that sits within the knowledge packet itself. 
Right, so we have the value table and then we have the method. This is what our methods look like. So the value table are gonna allow us to create functional models of the knowledge. The method will allow us to do that as well, just in a different form. So it may be good to mention here, and I hopefully it's self-evident, that these models like this method promote actionability, one of our important characteristics in readying for reuse. Right. So now that we've seen what a couple of knowledge packets look like, we often get questions where people are curious about how do I create these? How do the knowledge packets get created? So why don't we take a look at how they can be created? So the same way that I found the knowledge packets, we're going to go back to our smart tile. Instead of selecting find, we're going to select create. We're going to go back to our simple community. So here we have a predefined list of templates. For this community, we have one. It's our knowledge tile. But if you don't have any templates or you want to bypass the templates, we can go to our build options. And here we're going to see the two different kinds of knowledge packets that we've talked about. So basic or method. Now we call those core templates. So if you're an author, you have authorship privileges, knowledge package, you probably should get familiar with this concept of core templates. And the templates on the previous page are simply customized templates built on top of the core template. Right. So we're gonna go through the manual way to create a knowledge packet here in our demonstration, but we should mention before we move on that there are other ways to create these knowledge packets as well. So we can do them in bulk through Excel, we can import XML files, you can copy one knowledge packet to another, and we can also do them programmatically, but today we're gonna to walk through how to manually create a knowledge packet through like a point and click fashion. So once we pick our core template, and we're gonna use basic for this exercise here, I'm gonna click select and proceed, and our knowledge pack is gonna open up in a new window. So you can see it looks very similar to what we had before. We've got our title in the upper left-hand corner, excuse me, our ID in the upper left-hand corner. Then all the text fields exist here. In order to put information into the text fields, we're gonna double click. We're gonna apply this text. We can do the same thing for description. So we'll now apply our description as well. We see our multimedia section, so we can add a new image. I'll double click here, select my image from the library. So I'm gonna switch over to the different images that are in the community of practice. I'm gonna pick my image, and now it's gonna be on our knowledge packet. We can put some descriptive text in. and apply that as well. So we also have the ability to add a value table. Uh, we're gonna have another cast that goes into how to create value tables. So we won't actually do that here, but it's point and click fashion. It's not that difficult to do. And we'll go into that in a future cast. It's gonna automatically pick up who the author is, the contact, and then when we go down, we can add attachments, support documents, all those kinds of things. So similar to the way that we added multimedia, we can add new documents. Let's see the different ones that are in the community. We're gonna upload a new document. So we select our document. Now we can upload it. And this will be associated with the knowledge packet as well. So before we save the knowledge packet, here we have all the different metadata or the attributes that are associated with it. So there are a lot of different ways that we can configure these fields to be 
populated. So here we have a single selection fixed list. We can do open fields as well. There are a lot of different ways that we can configure these elements. So the extended element aspect of knowledge packets is pretty important to the overall knowledge-aware process. Uh, we've talked about that in a couple other casts. And each community can, can configure their own elements and share them with other communities. And it's through this process of tagging knowledge packets that we're able to accurately provision or to promote knowledge into places and contexts where they can be reused. So once we're done assigning all the appropriate values to our knowledge packet, we've got all of our information in. We're going to come up and save it. It's going to prompt us to select the status. So there are a number of different statuses associated with the knowledge packet and the life cycle with it. If we stop here and talk about life cycles of publishing knowledge, there are a lot of different ways that we can do that within Oros. Again, configured at the community level. So any given community can do it differently. A community that maybe is government regulations doesn't need an approval process because the government is the gold source. Whereas another community that's really relying on controlled crowdsource type processes that Oros is very good at it may need a review process and maybe an approval process, one or the other or both, to get the, the most um, impactful and useful knowledge published and out to the end users. Right. So we can put different review and approval teams in place. That way, like you said, this crowdsourcing of knowledge is controlled. People can author information, but it doesn't actually get published until the approvers, the reviewers say that it's accurate, it's up to date, all that kind of stuff. Right, and it's totally dependent on the community which rules are applied. So in this particular community, we allow people to self-publish. We don't go through the formal approval process. So I'm gonna select active or the publish status. We're gonna hit save and close. And it was that easy. So our knowledge packet now has been authored. Now, if we need to find the knowledge packet that we just created, we can go back to Smart Tiles. We could go through our find function, but our My Activity Smart Tile will also take us to it. So here's the knowledge packet that I authored. So one of the other things that people will ask us, Jeff, is about version control or history of the knowledge packet itself. We have a lot of people that are familiar with version controlling documents. They want to know what changes have been made where. So we support those things as well. Yeah, those are kind of core features that, that people expect. One interesting point I'll, I'll uh, highlight is that version control on a document isn't as meaningful or helpful as version control on a knowledge packet. And the reason is the relationship to granularity. If you version control a document and there's tons of stuff in it, what really changed? Every spec document or knowledge document I see has got a title page or with a change history log where people are typing that stuff in. That's no longer necessary in this process because the version control is on the concept or the granular unit rather than a large mass of a lot of stuff. And the same is true for history. The history is tracked for the individual concepts, not for the large document with lots of stuff in it. So, so history and version control expected features, but actually because of granularity, much better, more uh, useful here in uh, the knowledge packet situation. So in a, maybe a traditional sense where we might have a specification with 15 different concepts in it, all would be versioned at the same number all the time. Here, we may have 15 different pieces of information. They could all be at different versions, but like you said, we're able to track the changes at that granular level 
and then we can still compile the specification with all the concepts in it. With any specific array of different versions of the underlying element knowledge packets. Right, so here we have our version number. As we make changes and we say we can increment that version number, we give authors the ability to do that. And then from a history perspective, understanding the changes that were made, we have a report that as the authoring is being done, so you mentioned a little bit ago, people going down and in a section in a document saying what was changed, when it was changed, all that stuff. As a product of using Oros, we have this history report that's actually gonna tell us those kinds of things. So here, version one was, pop, was published, it was on today's date, all the different information on what changes were made, when they were made, who made them, all that kind of stuff is available as a product of using Oros. Pretty cool. So the last thing that we wanna talk about before wrapping up today's cast is the actual usage and the tracking of the knowledge itself. So we talk about making the knowledge ready for reuse. We want people to use it and apply it. So how does the knowledge packet and its use allow us to differentiate from documents? Right, so at this point I'll make a little plug for our very first cast about the knowledge aware concept, which kind of puts all the pieces together at a macro level. But assuming we're doing what we say we can do, that ready knowledge is then provisioned and reused, that produces insights that are very useful and tracking the reuse. And so we're gonna show that now by looking at a knowledge packet that's been out there for a while and it's got some reuse. So let's view a particular knowledge packet. Here we're gonna look at uh, simple six. Here's the knowledge packet. And we have this relationships tab. Relationship tab is now going to display a bunch of different kinds of data about this knowledge packet's reuse. The reuse is high because it's granular, modular, actionable, vital, and it's placed into the flow of work through this process that we talk about knowledge aware process. And now that it's in the context, we can track what happens to it. So this report is what some of our customers call look across. And what we're actually seeing is all the different context where this bit of knowledge has been applied. And so there's a couple different projects there. We see what version uh, of the knowledge packet was applied in that context. And we see some statusing. And if we uh, look to the right, we might be able to see some issues or some uh, discussions that also happened. And we're capturing all the data around how this knowledge was reused. There could be issues, there could be discussions, there could be actions, and all that would be captured. And this kind of data that gets collected is part of the knowledge work process. And we use that data then to produce insights. So if someone else was applying this knowledge packet by looking at this kind of report, they can have it right at their fingertips all of the past experiences in using this knowledge. And of course, as you know, in future versions of Oros, this will be used to create learning cycles to help create new knowledge. But that's still to be coming, and it will be a future cast. Learning cycles will certainly be a future cast that we do. I look forward to it. Yeah, and we haven't talked a whole lot in this particular show about assessment controls and the knowledge being used in them and it being applied and all that stuff. These reports are products of that. Yes, for sure. Okay, so that's all the content for the show. So why don't we recap the learning points and then we'll sign off. Sounds good. So the learning points uh, briefly were granular, module, actionable, vital are characteristics built into the knowledge packet uh, technology um, that produce this overall quality that we call readiness for reuse, getting it ready for reuse. So the knowledge packet 
template, the core template and the templates you build off of it promote granularity and modularity. The modeling technique, although not required, also almost guarantees actionability. And the one we really didn't talk too much about it because we're going to have a, a cast dedicated to it is this idea of vitality. So I'll take a second here. A failure mode of document-based systems is a user searching for knowledge and finding something that's out of date or is a mismatch with how it applies in the search. That's not vital. So uh, again, how we get there is a different technique, but the knowledge packet itself enables to measure certain things and decide whether this knowledge is right, is vital, is healthy. And so we get through this knowledge packet technology, these important uh, attributes that ready knowledge for reuse. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. And like you said, we're going to have other casts that go into deeper detail on a lot of these topics, but I think this was a good level set for what knowledge packets are, why they exist and how they work. Thanks for joining us on the Oros Playbook. For more information, visit our website, oroscast.com. Additional casts can be found on the resources page. And as always, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and our YouTube channel. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.